cleansed. Evil fills the whole podcast. The spirits ask you all to choose the horror films your hosts would view. Now Carter, Doge, and Jordan must satiate the monster's bloodlust. Their reckoning is overdue in the horror of Chunktober 2. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks in a Hunk, the spooky movie podcast where we give uh, mostly everybody. I don't remember our intro. <laughs> <laughs> For mostly everybody. What's we haven't your name? The, we haven't done, I'm Jordan. No, you don't. What do I say at the beginning of an episode? It's so spooky, I forgot. You, you. Oh, here, let me. I'll do the perfect. Dude, Jordan. I'm such a well-oiled machine that as soon as I throw in a word that's not part of it, <laughs> the whole thing falls apart. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks in a Hunk. My name's Jordan Wonders, and this week, I'm your chunk. Yeah, I'll just, I'll, we'll use that. A, just ADR. <laughs> we'll I'll, I'll, I'll we'll use that. It. That can be you. That'll be great. I'm Doge, and he's my good friend, and I like him, but Danny, do you feel held by him? Does he feel like chunk to you? <laughs> I'm Carter, and... <laughs> your little honking American friend. He's pissed on the Rottweiler. <laughs> Rottweiler. It's our first oh. use of piss in an intro. Mark it. There you go. It's pronounced Rottweiler, I think. The Rottweiler. Sorry. Count guys. it. Yeah. He titi on a puppy dog. <laughs> Carter, why are you he the hunk? He on a puppy. Sorry. Why am I the hunk? Mm. Um, I wanted to give this as a surprise to you guys because I think, A, you're going to be like, oh, well, obviously he's the hunk. And then, B, it's honestly one of the most applicable hunks that we've ever had for mm-hmm. hunkdoms we've ever had for this podcast. Chelsea and I are taking a trip to um, <laughs> Disneyland, which is a, a, a maybe a punchline on the podcast because we go all the time. Uh-huh. But we're going land or world land in California. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. So uh, Cali's going to be there. Cali will be there. And what we're going to do the day before. So when we get into LA, we're going to take a little trip to the brand new, like opened up at the end of September of this year. Uh, Academy Museum. Oh, oh wow. Cool. So the Academy, Academy of Motion Pictures Museum that they just had. Wow. Built. And guys, they have everything. Like I was looking up and I didn't want to have too much spoilers, but they're basically like, hey, this is the Smithsonian for movies. Like Whoa. Bruce is there. Like the, the shark they used in Jaws. Willis? Oh. And <laughs> yeah. Bruce Willis is also there. But it's like, hey, the, so there's a room that I can't wait to go into. That it's this massive, massive room that is just an absolute flex because it's all these glass cases. It looks like all these glass pillars and inside them is memorabilia. So it's like, oh, there's R2. Oh, there's uh, T-800's leather jacket. It's just like all this stuff. And I cannot, cool, absolutely cannot wait. That is so sick. Have they got any any Silence of the Lambs stuff? I think they do. That's why I wanted to stop looking because they kind of, they really do have everything. They have, I believe, uh, Danny's dress from the end of uh, Midsummer. Uh, really? I think oh, the they have something from Midsummer on there. They've got, yeah, Dorothy's ruby slippers. Um, I mean, it's it's all sorts of stuff. I can't wow. wait. I think it'll be really, really That's fun. That's so cool. Yeah, very get ready, cool, very so jelly. Get ready That's for awesome. our Slack channel to blow up. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we'll, we might, hey, send, send videos and stuff. We'll post that on our Instagram. We'll do a little, uh, yeah, Instagram takeover. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. That's super exciting. That'll be very yeah. cool. Cannot wait. I love that. 
Well, that's great. Um, speaking of Danny's dress from the end of Midsummer, that's a great segue into the movie that we're oh, going to yeah. talk about today, which is, of oh, course, a continuation of our uh, Chunktober 2 vote um, that you all, dear listeners, uh, made us do. <laughs> yeah. This is the third place winner, second in chronological order episode of the series, the movie that you have chosen with your votes is, of course, Midsummer. And uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't feel right to start talking without a synopsis, so I need that. I need that. Dosh, give it to us. In the spirit of all things scary, I present to you this week's Scare-nopsis from IMDb, Ooh. written by Yusuf Piskin who I think was actually at that festival. Seems like it. Oh, gosh. Several friends travel to Eastern Europe to study, as anthropologists, a Swedish summer festival that is held every 90 years in the remote hometown of one of them. What begins as a dream vacation in a place where the sun never sets gradually turns into a dark nightmare as the mysterious inhabitants invite them to participate in their disturbing, festive activities. Okay, let's start our discussion. Thanks, Dosh. That's great. Let's start our discussion with this because I had a hard time piecing this together as well and it sounds like our synopsifier did also. I don't think it's held every 90 years. I think there's something special about it every 90 years, but they have Polaroid pictures of several of the May Queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. There's no way that this This is held every 90 years. Right. It's the, like the purifying ceremony of their village is held every 90 years. Every, it feels like every blood sacrifice grants them 10 years of purity for their village. I mean, like everything is the number nine. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Based on my favorite Beatles song. But yeah, I, I think it is. The big ones every 90 years. Well, yeah, and I think there's also an allusion to Pele. He's saying he had lost his parents in a fire. Like, I'm I'm assuming yeah. they were volunteers for one of these. I bet they volunteered. Yeah. 20 Probably. years ago. You know? Well, so. he said he found the cult after he lost his parents, right? I don't know. I'm conf- I was confused by that a little That's bit. Okay. There's also a lot of people online that believe that the cult is who killed Danny's sister and parents. Um, no. There's there's flowers arranged no in the same like similar symbols next to her dead parents apparently in the house. And well, that, no, there's she's wearing like a a lay like a laurel in one of the family photos there. I don't know that there's is there flowers like I don't know I, in the, I didn't go back and watch, but what I read was that the running theory is that Pele had already chosen her as the one that he wanted to like. I mean, I'm kind of bond with. And so he had the cult set it up to where she would be emotionally vulnerable enough to come with him to Sweden. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't believe that. I don't think I do. I could. It's like, that's creative. I think that's creative. I don't think I do either. Okay. I got to talk about this because it's burning a hole in my brain. Jack Rayner, the actor that plays Christian, Danny's boyfriend. Uh huh. If it were biologically possible for two men to have a baby together and share the DNA Mm-hmm. Seth Rogen and Chris Pratt. Thank you very much. That's the end of my talk. Yeah, I see it. Seth Rogen, Chris Pratt, and a big old heaping of vanilla soft serve because this boy's got the plainest face and plainest vibe. Dude, but I kept I kept waiting for him at any point to be like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and when I said it, 
I was in the middle of starting the sentence and I was like, you know, he looks like a cross between… And Callie just goes, yep. <laughs> she knew. <laughs> she already knew what I was going to say. Um, it's like y'all have some kind of a hive mind. Spooky. <laughs> I… I'd never seen this. This is my first watch of this one. Carter, this is your second watch. It was. Doge, first watch? First, first, first watch for me. Yeah. I got to say, it was oversold to me as much worse than it actually ended up being as far as like the content of the movie. I mean, don't get me yeah, wrong. It wasn't I, like- I agree. It wasn't like a sun-drenched romp through the hills of Sweden, but um, it also wasn't that. Or wasn't yeah. not that. I mean. Yeah. It, it I, wasn't, wasn't <clears throat> that. There's, you know, I, I was actually- Maybe more of a hint at, at at how I'll rate this on the scientific cinema scale. I was I was honestly excited to watch this uh, again in mm. a very strange way with something like this that seems to be not really polarizing. I think a lot of people there's things that are meant to be disturbing here. But I had a moment, and I think it it came with the second watch. I know it did. That it's always kind of fun to, and I think we do it a lot, especially with directors have kind of comparisons as to what are they getting this from, who are they the yeah. modern day version of. It really is starting to feel like after doing his first two and currently only two uh, bigger budget, you know, big release movies, Ari Aster feels like uh, our Stanley Kubrick. Um, he's he's going out and has seems to have an affinity for uh, knowing exactly what he wants, uh, things that are really going to stick with you. I, the I think Midsummer is Ari Aster's shining. There's going to be a ton of stuff. Like at the end, it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier. And then it's just meant to be out in the ether for the sake of theory sometimes. It's like, sure. I, I can't, I'm not surprised that it started with, I think that like the threads just blow up with like, what is this about? Right. And it feels like you might, you could probably tell Ari Aster what it's about. You know, it's like, right. He hasn't very, been very clear either. And it feels really kind of like, so Stanley Kubrick did like, Clockwork Orange, The Shining, Full Metal Jacket, Space Odyssey. He he did a ton of stuff that is like visceral and memorable. Sometimes divisive. Sometimes divisive. Yeah. But he never won anything. He won a posthumous hmm. Oscar, which I hate those. Like the year after he died. Yeah. Because um, they're like, oops, sorry, you didn't get the Oscar the other four times you were nominated for Best Director. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Ari Aster kind of feels like a Kubrick to I me. Can see in that. a way. I can see but the parallel for sure. But it's kind of unfair and and unique to compare someone who's very original to someone who's very original yeah. because that defeats the purpose. Yeah, their similarity yeah, um, is how unsimilar, dissimilar they are to almost anybody else. Yeah, I yeah. can agree with that for sure. And I think yeah. it, you know, it's it's hard because I say I say Midsummer wasn't it was oversold. I remember having so many conversations with people of like it's the worst thing I've ever watched. Like visually, it's just horrific. And like all this stuff. And I was like, so I was going in ready, like clinched a little bit. And it's like, yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong. Ari Aster apparently loves uh, nude people just like standing around while stuff happens. Yeah. He's into that. And yeah. like, so yeah, there's like- Smashing, smashing heads. He, lo he loves the squeeze head. He loves the, what's it called? <laughs> yeah. Where the dude got the butterfly lungs. That was pretty rough. Blood Eagle. Oh yeah. Blood that's Eagle. A real thing. That's, that's a, a real thing. Cool name for that. Yep. It's a Viking thing. Um. And like, you know, burning alive is rough. Nobody nobody wants that. Um, the dude wearing Will Poulter's face was unpleasant to see. But like, by yeah, and large, it's like, thank you. By and large, it's like, it's a horror movie. Like, yeah. What else do you well, expect? And like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to diminish it, but it's a, 
it's a cult movie. Like you get right. like that yeah. stuff is in a cult movie. Yeah, you know about, what I mean? It's about like a cult. What did you expect? Right. Yeah. Exactly. These are the crayons in his cult crayon box. So if he's gonna that's color. What we're gonna them. get. You yeah. know what I mean? And it yeah. seems exactly. like the yeah. two messages of this movie, if I may begin here with our true it. movie discussion. The two messages of this movie are the danger of same think told through the lens of occult group group think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then also the second message, the second lesson is uh, don't go on a trip to fix your broken relationship. Fix it at home. Your problems <laughs> are going to follow you to Sweden. Well, I, I don't know yeah. why we would discourage that because it seems like it's fixed by the end of the movie. <laughs> the problem is definitely over. No more problems. The problem There's is no definitely problems. over. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that for sure. No more issues. Yeah. I, I don't know. At the beginning, I was like, man, as many red flags as Christian is throwing up, Danny's throwing up similar red flags yeah. in the sense of like, she needs to know herself enough to be like, I do not need to be going to Sweden yeah. with this guy. You know, I, I think yeah, they're the, kind of both really bad. Well, he's gaslighting her and she's falling for it, which is not her fault for falling for it. But just watching it, you want to be like, snap out of it. Don't go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think the, honestly, the most disturbing parts of this movie are the first seven or eight minutes. I think seeing how her sister took her life and took her parents with her mm. is yeah. uh, something I'd never even imagined before. And I think the way yeah. that we did that, we're starting to kind of see some rhythms and some uh, some styles of Ari Aster. And, and one of those is at a, at a certain climax, a lot of times a, a really morbid one, we're not actually seeing the person react. We're hearing them. Yeah. You know, we had, yep. we had a mom out on, at the car. She sees the car when, uh, you know, Peter's in bed. And then we've got, you know, just hearing her on the phone. We, on, but we're looking at Christian. We're hearing Danny's first cries and stuff. And by the way, super pumped Florence Pugh. I'm going to go ahead and do it. She is, I don't think this movie happens and has the kind of effect it's supposed to from the director if this isn't Florence specifically. Florence yeah. Pugh. Yeah. I, I think she did such a good job. I really do. And I think yeah. I think it's another one of those, you know, I had an article, I think we're gonna talk about it on the next mini Monday, but I found a really interesting article about uh critics and what they have to say about horror movies mm. and how it tends to be mm. the bottom of the food chain. It tends to be like they don't really have any respect for it. We talked about it a little bit on Hereditary, and I wasn't surprised to find some data on it. But I, I feel like this could have been an Oscar nominee, honestly. Yeah, totally. Well, I feel yeah. like there's some some parallels between um, this is gonna rub some people the wrong way. I don't mean it to be offensive, but there's some parallels between horror movies and horror fandom and like country music and country music fandom, where it's like <laughs> they're both so oversaturated that they're yeah. there there is more bad than good. There are yeah, more yeah, yeah. crappy horror movies. Then there are truly good films sure. that are horror movies. Yeah. There mm-hmm. are more crappy bro country radio pop country songs than there's are. More, tr- there's more. There's more Luke Bryan's than there are Chris Stapleton's. Bingo. Luke right. Correct. Bryan. That's great. Correct. Stapleton's and, who I was thinking of. Too. And then sometimes Sturgill you Simpson. end up with a yeah. Sturgill Simpson, a Chris Stapleton, and you end up with Midsummer, which is like a breath of fresh air as because the performances are incredible. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just to me, the the horror fandom, people that are really into horror kind of don't care about the quality of the movie. They just want to experience a good horror experience. And I 
Sure. I totally get that. That's that's yeah, fine. You know, but this this movie is, you know, a capital F film first. Yeah, it's a lot more artsy yeah. than than like maybe some of the others that were on our list that didn't make the cut right. into this series. And yeah, yeah I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna join you in the Florence Pugh super pump camp. She's the best thing in this movie. Um she I, I think we are seeing I don't know. Ever since maybe a year or maybe even two years ago, Carter, when you brought up the parallels between a young Timothy Chalamet and a young Leonardo DiCaprio and just the charm, the talent, and like, I think the best of his career is far ahead of him and he's still good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more you've talked about that, the more I'm just trying to identify who is this generation's like… Rat Pack, Brat Pack, like who is leading the charge yeah. of like the the twenty the early to late twenties? They're up and coming, and they're yeah. going to be the, perfect. The Scrat Pack, the Scrat Pack, yeah, because they grew With up on Ice guys. Age, yeah, exactly, oh, amazing. Yeah. And so I think that I think that I'm just trying to identify who is who is killing it now that I think is has staying power and is going to be even better down the road. Florence Pugh is on that list. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah. You know, within, uh, I think within a year, Florence Pugh had done this. She had done Fighting With My Family, which actually mm-hmm. uh, did really well. You know, that was kind of the… Yeah. Little uh, Women only… Is that in the same year? Is this the same year as Little Women? It might all be so. in the same yeah. year. Yeah. So, she's she was just bursting onto yeah. the scene. Yeah. Um, and she's, yeah. She she's is, phenomenal. She grieves really well. Dude. Yeah. I mean, there that's something else Ari Aster is really good at. He's um he's very good at identifying people who can grieve with their whole face. The whole body. Yeah. I mean, it's like just the feelings too. Like, and his cuts in this movie are so good. He's playing with I it feels like a microcosm of how he's editing this film is that breath that Yep. Like it's just this thing to where he's yep. like when she, when she is overwhelmed at one point and I'm sorry I can't point to it cuz there's like eight or nine times sure. that Danny is just <laughs> and, it, and it doesn't get old though. You're like this feels like yeah. an actual reaction. But when she uh maybe it, she needs it's when she walks away after the 72-year-old's uh farewell tour. She walks oh, away yeah, yeah. and like is holding like her her chest oh, her and her neck and breaths down and her like her big Dude. breath in and then it just cuts yeah. right after that. It's just, oh, it's just really She's fantastic really at freaking good. out. And I want to say, so this huge, movie, I was going to say huge testament to Florence Pugh. Uh, and I think the reason she's a super pump is, did you guys see the trivia that she does not have any lines for the last 25 minutes of this movie? Isn't that yeah. amazing? Absolutely. The final amazing. half hour of this movie, she says nothing. And nothing. I didn't realize, and I finished it and I was like, wait, I haven't heard her talk for the last 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. 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 And she's just… No need. No, exactly she's what she's it. thinking. Yeah. Which is crazy. So, this, this movie's gorgeous, right? Like, it's so pretty to look at. Um, the yeah. I've never done psychedelic drugs. The swish faces. <laughs> yeah, right. I've never done psychedelic drugs before, but I have to imagine that it's probably pretty close to what that looks like with mm-hmm. all everything sort of crawling and pulsing and all Breathing. of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's gorgeous to look at. It's, it is a testament to her talent that in a movie full of so many things to look at, to listen to, to try and understand, she still manages to steal almost every scene she's a part of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I find myself 
even when not applicable, somehow placing her in the mm-hmm. frame when mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this movie. She kind of always felt Danny right there. Now? Yeah, where yeah, she Danny felt right like now? she was there most of the time. That's good. No, I, I really yeah. like that. Yeah, it, it, man, this movie is, especially when viewed right after Hereditary like this, Ari Aster is a freak. He's amazing. <laughs> and his yeah. particular flavor is not always for me. And yet I can't not appreciate the immense talent and care taken oh, yeah. in crafting these movies. And I, I actually, I'll tell you, I, I enjoyed my watch. Enjoyed feels like the wrong word for Midsummer. No, I enjoyed my watch of Midsummer yeah. more than I enjoyed my watch of Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Same. These these are probably both a one-time watch for me. Yeah, I don't know that I'm interested. I'm, well, I'm I said the same more thing. likely... I'm more likely to rewatch Heredit uh, to rewatch Midsummer sure. than Hereditary, though. I think I think Midsummer is a much better film than Hereditary is. Yeah, I do too. Um, I was looking up Ari Aster's upcoming projects. First of all, he's 35. So, I, dude, I know he's so sucks. young. That I think sucks. In being excited for because you know these these were voted on, right? So we already know that our listenership are Ari Aster fans to an extent, or they're just not fans of us. Yeah, they, and they want us to watch the scariest. <laughs> no, they love but, us. It's the first place. They love us. But um, yeah, get excited. I guess he's gonna have a lot to do. And I think oh, he's got a reading long any, career. Any dude. trivia, any trivia about him is something that he's got about twenty films he wants to make, and a lot of them are mostly written. He's it's it's interesting. He's got a movie coming out that I think is it's called Disappointment Boulevard, comedy drama horror. So we're actually gonna have some comedy from him. Um, and it's a decade-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. We have Joaquin Phoenix on board for that. We have uh, Nathan Lane is going to be in what? it. What? And then there's a lot of other names that okay. are recognizable when you see them, uh, like Amy Ryan, Michael Gandolfini, who is mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the son of, and we'll see how well he does in the Many Saints of Newark. Is that Newark. The, yep. Uh, Parker Posey. So it's fun. Stephen McKinley, who's uh, uh, about to be in Dune. But yeah, cool. he's, he's got projects. He's still working on it. And uh, boy, does Joaquin feel like a good fit for Ari Aster. For Ari, yes. yeah. I was just about to say that. So, Joaquin is the exact right vibe for Ari Aster. Quite, quite the vibe for Ari Aster. Yeah, there, but, there's so much. Um, when a director starts to develop a flavor, right? I think of like Scorsese. Like there's a certain flavor to yeah. a Scorsese movie that you can just tell that it's a Scorsese project. For um, sure. Uh, Sorkin's another one. Sorkin, like, I definitely. I can spot a Sorkin from a mile away. Definitely yeah. Sorkin. When, when yeah. You just hear, like, just faint, like, really fast rhythms of speaking. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. There what a is. Sorkin. It's a Sorkin, Sorkin. It feels like Ari Aster has developed his flavor after two major productions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he… When other directors, when I hear other young directors say things like, I got 20 projects that I'm looking to film over my career. It's like, well, I hope you do that. Like, that's great. Yeah. When Ari Aster says it, it's like, yeah, yeah. he's probably going to make 20 movies and then die. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's probably exactly yeah. what's going to happen. <laughs> he feels fade like… fade into a mist. Yeah. Yeah. With, with these first two big movies, he feels like anytime that a new uh, generation of Pokemon was announced, it's always <laughs> like a… It, but it's like Ari Aster, light and dark. It's like he's got… <laughs> Two different in the nighttime and one in the daytime. <laughs> that's, that's a good so, point. Uh, that I think that's this is a good point to deploy my super pump. Then okay. is is 
the sense of identity that this movie has, mm. mm-hmm. uh, particularly in contrast to Hereditary. Mm. We talked last week about how Hereditary is two movies yeah. trying to possess one body mm-hmm. and fight for who gets to be in control. Mm-hmm. And I think a good point. Midsummer shows up and knows exactly what it is for, and especially it's even more impressive for a sophomore. Yeah. film like yeah. this is this is his second <laughs> his second major motion picture and within is, a year of each other yeah he is it's just so confident and there's just the weird little like i don't know it's maybe the script then is my super pump because there's the weird little things of like it everything revolves around the number nine which is an important number to Nordic mythology right because odin hung on yggdrasil the world tree for nine days mm-hmm. to uh to acquire knowledge. And that's where he got the runic alphabet that he taught to humans. And so everything revolves around the number nine here because in some way they worship the All-Father or used to worship the All-Father and now are in this cult. But there's just little, like it is so, it's so tightly plotted and so tightly written that I actually, this, this sounds like a negative in the middle of my positive. I actually would say that it is, not comparable to something like The Shining or something like a, a, I feel that. a Stanley I feel that. Kubrick because I don't think there's room for that. That kind yeah. of like what happened? Like it's yeah, it's very clear. And I, I think that the the like the cult killed her family. I don't know that the script supports that. I don't think so I either. I think that's yeah. people reaching for it to be something more than it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- yeah, I agree. With it was you. something that had an effect. It's like going on a roller coaster that you can see, you can clearly see where the rails are, and someone's yeah. trying to claim that it turned you upside down an extra time. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I, I yeah. mean, it didn't. It felt like that, mm-hmm. but yeah. it didn't. But you yeah. can turn around and watch the bones and be like, no, it's look. There's three loops right there, and they're like, there's, there's a three loops loop. right there. There was a fifth. Yeah, loop there was sure. a fourth. One. Yeah. yeah, I think in terms of like the shining comparison with Midsummer, is I think the. Uh, the hype of the afterlife of this film sure, yes, is going completely. to be very similar, sure. I think, to that. You know, can, can I voice something that I really appreciated about this movie? I, so I... This is the platform. That's true. Was it the head squish? <laughs> yeah, I loved the head squish when it was just like... Blamp. Ugh, when the I was like, teeth, I'd love to see that was like three Gall- more times. Like yeah. Gallagher of the of the man. Mm, it was beautiful. Gallagher. Yeah. Um, when the... I like supernatural horror. It's fun. Yeah. I'm so glad this movie at no point ever presented as anything other than a crazy death cult. Yeah. This movie wasn't like, and then they ascended to the heavens. It was literally Mm -hmm. just, hey, this girl was grieving. She was in a very vulnerable state and cults like to prey on vulnerable young women. And they convinced her to leave everything behind, join them and kill her boyfriend. By fire, yeah. that made it. Yeah. That made it far scarier to me. Same, than, dude. Than King Payman, right? The medieval yeah. demon, the yeah. apocalypse. Yeah, I think yes. something too that happened here though is it, it does feel a lot like a destiny kind of movie. It felt like a uh, because there's so many things that had already happened to her outside of what's in the cult's control, and maybe that's why people are reaching for the cult killed right. her parents, right? Because there is this thing as to her, her reaction, though she's not screaming when we get the 72-year-olds jumping off the cliff, right. is yeah. still just kind of, she, I'm, I'm sure she's just trying to imagine, she's pretty numb, you know? Right. She's like, yes, this still is affecting her, but it's not too different from what she's been dealing with for the last year or two, yeah. you know? And so it, it really fell into place 
for her. We have a we have Literally. a king crowned <laughs> in a weird way at the end of Hereditary, and then a queen that you're like, good for her. Yep. <laughs> at the end of I this can't wait movie. for the sequel. Where right. we meet their child, the crown prince. <laughs> uh, but I think that I think that sense of destiny is very intentional in the script. Yeah. Is is because I think that's an accurate reflection, actually, of what cults and I mean even belief systems do. Like the, these kinds of like external explanations for what's happening uh, is a form of meaning making, and they're great yeah. at synthesizing all of these oh, separate yeah. threads of a life to say, oh, it's actually about, it's all been leading to this. There's a way to explain it. You know it. what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's that's totally just an illustration of this is the way belief systems work, and this is why cults are especially scary when they prey on vulnerable yeah. people. It is, mm-hmm. it is an extreme example of like cognitive dissonance. It's like this yeah. trying to convince yourself so that you don't feel uncomfortable about what you're doing right now, that this is supposed to happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so I think, I think it's, yeah, a great example. Great, great explanation there. Yeah. It, the, 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 the non-supernatural aspect of the realistic story is why this works so well for me, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. like the fact that Ari trusted the story to be scary on its own he trusted yeah. the idea of getting stuck in this death cult. And by the way, when they told, oh, I need to look up his character's name in this movie, Josh. When they told Josh that yeah. he could write the paper, I was like, oh, he's not leaving. Oh, they're <laughs> yeah. going to kill him. As soon as yeah. they were like, yeah, take whatever Definitely pictures you want, do your thing, you're fine. It's like, oh, it's because it doesn't matter because you're going to die. Oh, it's because sure. he's had a new blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, once once they were like, sure, do whatever you want. I was like, yeah, he gone. So I have a question for you guys. I an and I'm sorry to keep bringing up hereditary. Is this, we talked last week. How about do you how, not though? You know what it, I mean? Like, it, right, especially when they're back to back, especially when we did not plan to do a, a complete works of Ari Aster sure. series, but here we are at yeah. the end of that series. Um. Is this further confirmation? Because we talked last week about how he said Midsummer is the first movie that I created as with the intent of creating a horror movie. Is this further confirmation then that the the demon stuff at the end of the last one was maybe not his input into that? I find that a lot easier to believe that he went with this story to A24 and was like, hey, I've got this story. Don't quite know how to finish it. And they said, we've got this old demon idea kicking around. I could see that. I could see that because happening. Because that, I mean, it's it's hard to extrapolate a trend from only two data points. Right. Right. It's We can't really graph this line of his movies, but it, it does not feel, it makes the supernatural stuff in Hereditary stick out that much more than it already did last week yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that for sure. That they, it's, especially when it's your first big project too, maybe you're a little bit more malleable. To change yeah. that kind of stuff. I think after Midsummer, it feels like Ari Aster might be sticking with A24. It feels like he also yeah. fits that production company. Oh, for um, sure. Feel, feels like after Midsummer, though, nobody's going to tell him what to do. Oh, he's got a blank check uh, for sure. Yeah, I think he's good. I think I think he's basically solidified as like, no, 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 no. Let, give this guy room. You know, like a Denis or an Edgar Wright or like, it's like you can't change what he's his like vision. a Jordan Peele, so, honestly. Honestly, yeah, yeah very much. Is That's probably Ari more Aster with the genre. The Damien Chazelle of horror. He had to have. Ooh. He had to prove it at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Let me do this, so now I can do that. Yeah. So now I can his do the whip, one I really want. Hereditary to do. was his whiplash. Yeah. 
Yeah. Could be. Yeah. That could <laughs> yeah. be. That's a lot of fun. Although from my perspective with Whiplash, Damien Chazelle is the Damien Chazelle of horror because that movie makes mm-hmm. me so yeah. anxious. Um, the, you know uh, Damien Chazelle's working on a movie with Brad Pitt right now, right? Really? Called Babylon. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Nice. Very excited. Chazelle, Chazelle is a favorite boy for me. He's definitely yeah, he's great. Watch. Sure, sure. You know, um, the other thing that gives me a lot of anxiety is not heading to shout announcements. So let's go ahead and do that right now, or I'm going to freak yeah. absolutely out. Welcome to Shout Announcements, the part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. <laughs> Big shout out to our uh, Discord server, but specifically one channel, Tribal Council. We have a Survivor channel specifically on our Discord. And uh, I'm into it. I'll tell you that. It's it's great. If you're like, man, I would love to talk about Survivor with the boys and some other fun individuals. Or maybe I'd like to start my own channel about uh, pig-based movies. Babe, Charlotte's Web, Mm. The New Pig, whatever you want to do. Follow your heart. Hey, yeah, don't make that sound. They can make whatever channel they would like. Okay. But please stop sending things in minion memes. No. We had a resurgence. Ramp it up. Ramp it up. I hope that was an awakening. popped his head out I again. hope that was an awakening. No, the, <laughs> the Discord is great, but also we have two levels of Patreon. The first level at $3 gets you access to bonus episodes of this podcast. Right now we're doing uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future 3 coming at you real soon. Carter's first watch through. We're Sherpa-ing him through the experience. Having fun. It's a blast. But you also get an extra vote in any of our voting polls. So if you voted for Chunktober 2 and you're like, I really wish that we didn't have to watch Hereditary, you could have helped prevent it. It was so close. We needed like one more patron to make a decision to vote in that and it would have been done. So you could have been it. You could have made the difference. But at our $5 tier, you do get into that Discord for the chats, the giggles, the conversations. It's a good time. For the the minion memes. And the minion memes. <laughs> yeah. Patreon, get on it. Get Patreon get, get, on it. Sorry, man. I'm it. sorry. No, you no, that was your mm-hmm. section. That's but one. I steal from you and all here, the time. <laughs> and here's my section. Uh, shout out to Will Riggs. Good friend of the podcast, friend of mine. Uh, Will was taking a road trip and said, hey, I was just catching up on the podcast. I said, what are you listening to? He said, uh, did Donnie Darko, then The Departed, then Hereditary. And then we had a conversation about how uh, this podcast has been around long enough now that it's just kind of like a library. Yeah. It's almost He's like- taking a tour of Italy at Olive Garden. Just- yeah, for people my age and maybe a little bit younger, like going to Blockbuster. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, and just being like, oh, what yeah. you know, and and it is quite the library now with hundreds of movies that we've reviewed, uh, and so there's a good chance I, I get to the point now to where if someone is hearing about our podcast for the first time, I ask them what their favorite movie is, and I think you know seven times out of ten I'm like, oh, we reviewed yeah, that, we ha- you we know, have unless, that one. Yeah, unless they say Cars like three, like well maybe someday, but we haven't done that one yet. But we uh, have it actually means- we did Cars three on Patreon. Was it three or two? It was three. That was three. Okay. So I meant to say two. I always get them mixed up. Cars always 2 is like up. the international mater of mystery where he's a spy. Oh, yes. Yes. That uh, sucks. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> not good. Uh, <laughs> we would love for you guys to just share share the wealth just to have people know that those exist. Do the same thing. Be like, hey, what's your favorite movie? Uh, I bet they've reviewed that. 
share uh, share our podcast, subscribe to that podcast, review that podcast if you'd like. Uh, we are currently just rocketing up the charts in Brazil right now. We're in the top 25 in Brazil wow. for film review podcasts. You know why? It's because we have Brazilians of listeners down there. Well, Very and then now it's dropping Very because good. that's their least favorite putt culturally. No, they hated it. They hated it. They hate you. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Uh, listen, boys, do you like the circus? Nope, nope. not really. <laughs> Me too. It's also my favorite. <laughs> and next week, we're going to be talking about the spookiest clown of all of them, Mr. It. And that's next week's episode. Mr. It, have y'all seen? <laughs> have y'all seen this? It. Yes, I think you. Is this the one we've all seen? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. No, I've. I have seen yeah. it. I'm excited. Anyway, to and it's not. It. It's honestly, honestly, such a funny clown. Stop. He's pretty funny. He's up there with Bing Bong for me. Uh, the first memory I have of a clown is a clown who had. Uh, he. This is a true story. An absolutely true story. The man who was playing this clown lost his thumb in an accident and decided to become a clown. And his clown name was Nubbins. And he made balloon animals with his nine fingers. This is not made up. This is my first memory of a clown. Nubbins the clown. Frodo Nubbins. Hey, um, I hate that. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I would like to talk, if we can, yeah. about the collective yeah. logic of our friend group here. This is where horror okay. movies, there's a suspension of disbelief in Lord of the Rings where you have to go, it's fantasy, so sure. Mm-hmm. There's a suspension of disbelief yeah. in Marvel movies where you have to go, it's comics, so sure. And there's a sp- suspension incredibly of disbelief in horror movies where you have to go, it's a horror movie, so sure. The problem becomes when horror movies begin to drift into capital F film and become something more, but that horror movie friendship logic sticks around. Sure. Yes. And I understand that they all would have ended up dead had they left right after the head explosion with the hammer because that's what happened to whatever their friends' names were. The, those Brits. Yeah, that's what happened. To at, the at least they give us that, yeah. though. That's that's a little bit more realism than you'd get in most horror, horror I totally movies. I totally agree. So I understand. Like, I'm out. That's crazy. I understand that them leaving and getting killed shows us what would have happened if their friend group had decided to leave. However, sure. if I'm at a weird cult compound yeah, and somebody jumps 
commits suicide and then is killed by a hammer to finish them off in front of my eyes, I am not worried about offending the local culture anymore. I'm like, peace. No. I'm out. I will and walk And I'm certainly to the not volunteering for any extracurriculars after that. Right. I'm certainly not like, I'll do more than the bare minimum of just being here and sleeping. Right. This is my super dump for this. It's movie. also the the friend logic, the friend group logic, the horror movie logic specifically is my super dump for this movie. Is it localized for you in any like particular character or particular decision point that you're just like, that's it? Josh and Christian specifically are are painted as really smart. And I understand that it's like, well, they're blinded by their pursuit of their theses. Like I get that. But for, <laughs> for two people that are painted as particularly smart. Yeah. They seem to be the two most keen on staying. And I'm, I'm saying that because Will Poulter's character, uh, Mark, seems too the dumb fool. to... Yeah put together that he should get out of there. Yeah, and he was and he was taking a nap during the Yeah, that's my thing. Is like his whole thing so. is like let's go do some sex on a cult member. So like I'm not surprised that he doesn't want to get out of there. Um but yeah. particularly Josh knows enough about this culture to where he knew what that suicide thing was and when he watched it happen and wasn't like actually I'm out, I think. And I get it. He already knew about it. He was expecting it. It wasn't as shocking to him and he's doing his thesis, whatever. It just doesn't sit right for me in a movie this well put together to have that horror movie logic of like, well, what if we split up and everybody checks individual basements? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All the basements in this house. Right. Yeah. Uh I think for me, for me, it's localized in his decision to sneak out of bed and go take pictures of the holy book. Yeah. of course, dude, don't do that. Of course, it's a horror movie and you're going to die. I don't do that. Obviously, don't do that. It's right. like their most guarded it's, it's thing. Stuff you think like they're going to just leave it to where you can walk in? Things like that and things like uh, like Christian immediately being like, I want you to know that if he did this, we had no part and I could not be more disgusted by this. Like that is total, that's complete horror movie logic. Yeah, I mean, Christian is painted as a turd well, the whole movie, so his turn yeah, on his friend certainly. to be, to for his selfish turn He's on turned his friend. He's turned on everyone. Right, that's not that surprising, but just that felt like a weak moment in an otherwise pretty airtight script. I agree. Yeah, because Pele and, and Danny are reacting to that too. They're like, yeah. For real, dude? Are you going to throw him under the bus like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, there were just, there were several, as it began to, continually unfold and continually prove to be, oh, this is a a death cult that is sure. a place you need to escape from. There's not really a whole lot of like, respect the culture that you need to be doing if you're yeah. going to get sacrificed as part of a ritual. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the fact that they kept being like, no, we should just, let's give them a chance. <laughs> that, that to me is like, okay. Yeah. I like, yeah, I, I totally get y'all super dumps. I do think it's a, uh, more revved up look at like the power of persuasion, you know, in in many ways, like via substance, via, because it is, it is funny. I did find myself relating to like, what the, what the heck are you doing? But just being like, you know, what are those few episodes of my own life that are playing out in my head that I'm like, sure. If anyone was watching that, they're like, dude, what? Well, you know, there's that study. It's supposed to be super, you know, juxtaposed. There's that study done where they had a, a group of three people come in and, um, fill out paperwork is three people and two of them are actors and one was the subject and they pumped in smoke underneath the door and 
the two actors didn't react to the smoke at all, just kept doing their paperwork. And the person who was like the test subject initially freaked out. But when they realized the other two people weren't reacting at all, just went back and kept yeah. doing their paperwork until the room was so thick with smoke, they couldn't see their paper anymore. Mm-hmm. They did it again with just one lone person in a room. And pretty much the second the smoke comes under the door, the person's out in the hallway like, can anybody see this? And so yeah. it's just the power of a group, you know, like humans, <laughs> humans, the animal brain, it's a herd animal ultimately. And yeah. like the, so I can, I can see that the point being made is like, yeah, it's groupthink. That's the danger of groupthink. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and so I, I get that, but it just, <laughs> I don't know, man. It feels like there's a cutoff point at some point. Yeah. And the cutoff it's point cruel. is big hammer to face. Yeah. Big hammer to face. It's cruel because my, the institution in which I teach the subject that I teach, well, I could never <laughs> just be like, all right, tonight we're going to watch everybody watch Midsummer. <laughs> yeah. Or everybody go home and watch, right? It's got to be like 12 Angry Men or Sandlot or something. But it's like, <laughs> I just want Sandlot. to, yeah, there's so much in this movie that's fascinating to me and so much to me that's relatable as someone who yeah. is writing a dissertation right now. Sure. It's like, I was a f- so offended that Christian would try and take his thesis idea. He should have known better, you know? And I was like, yeah, what the heck? And I felt like pushing up all of my bifocals at once. Excuse me. Um, pocket protectors spilling pens and ink But everywhere. he can't do that. He can't do that. Uh, I came up with that idea first, actually. <laughs> I've been in the library about- researching this the whole time. You sound like the Flood from Super Mario Sunshine. You sound exactly like Flood. <laughs> Another thing that was super relatable to me in this movie is as I'm doing my own like counseling journey and learning about myself, I'm almost 100% sure that I'm an empath and I like feel things for other people. Yeah. And so as ridiculous as it feels watching it, right? It feels like we're just getting these steroid versions of uh, persuasion, people being convinced to do certain things. Uh, some of these things just playing out that sometimes we can feel in our own lives, but never to this extent, right? Here's this platform. When Danny is weeping about seeing Christian at this ritual and all these women are with her on that, it's very eerie. It's very uncomfortable. Mm, yes. But I did find myself relating a little bit. So let, let's talk about sort of the the, sh- the share everything culture of the cult in general, because that clearly includes experience and emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the first time we see what you're talking about, Carter, is when old boy misses the rock, breaks his legs, and begins to cry and scream. Everyone Everyone. cries and screams. Actually, you know what I think the first time we saw it is? Subtly, when Danny is tripping on the mushrooms and that group of people is all laughing, I think that's our first hint that like probably one person is laughing and they're all like, well, we're in this together, so let's laugh together. Oh, uh, yeah. But then the first time we yeah. really get like a creepy view of it is old boy jumps, breaks his legs, and everybody screams with him until he is silenced. We see it again when Christian is having sex with the redheaded cultist. It's like all of the matriarch type people with her are like, we're all in this with you in a weird yeah. way. It's it's like, I think it's supposed to be comforting to her. It's very uncomfort, discomforting to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, then that's again probably, with Danny. Probably my, le- my least favorite part of any movie we've ever watched <laughs> oh, really? for our podcast. And then they, It's the background to my laptop right now as we're yeah, playing. Yeah, it's my screensaver. As we're doing the podcast. <laughs> and then we, we get it again during the burning of the tent. They all yeah. scream and cry during yeah. the burning of the tent. Feel the it's pain. It's so mm-hmm. interesting. 
And mm-hmm. I, I guess we're supposed to infer that's what, through her conversation with Pele about this is a family that I found, that this is supposed to be like a place where she feels like she can belong and bear the burdens of others and have her burdens born with her. Born? Bared? Mm-hmm. Bearded. Yep. Bearded. Oh, bearded. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's not just with the present day family, right? It's like we're feeling these things for our ancestors right. at all times. Right. We're feeling these things for the future right. at all times. You know, it's like a, <clears throat> it's super interesting. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, we talk about the, and we will we'll, we will spend hardly any more time. I'm down not to if we want to not spend any more time on the ritual uh, with with the red the Wii Sports with ritual. All the other ladies, the Wii Sorry, Sports I said, ritual. I Thank said you the, for bring- the real word earlier, and and that's just horrendous. Yeah, yeah. Wii Sports ritual. Yeah, um, it's <clears> moments <throat> like I? that, like what maybe appears to be her mother. It's tough to know <laughs> whose is whose in this cult. That comes down and looks Christian in the face. He's like, no, no, no it's fine, right? And somehow he's under the influence. I think it's relatively smart for the storytelling that we go ahead and have this nice tea when the stuff is the craziest to be like, okay, well, this is why they kept doing this Something thing. else but, that's important with Christian here too, and don't get me wrong, I think Christian's a turd for most of this movie, but like this, this is sexual assault on Christian. Mm-hmm. Like he has been drugged yeah, and coerced oh yeah. into, yeah. this is not, and that, sorry, I want to say that I was not laughing at the idea that Christian is sexual assaulted, more laughing at the idea that we would even have to address the fact that this is not okay even from the perspective of oh, yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. wanting to play Wii Sports with Christian. Like he has been drugged and coerced here. Yeah. Yeah. And that I think that little laugh for the sake of what I'm going to say is appropriate sure. in that. I was going to share that when they showed this to Sweden, mm. like when this had a premiere in Sweden, they they took, they loved the movie, but in a completely different right. way. It, to them, it was a dark comedy, Right. Uh, because it was like, I'm sure there is to an extent some awareness of, yeah. it's it's like us watching, um, well, I guess that's a blatant comedy, but the-, the Righteous uh, Gemstones. The Righteous Gemstones, perfect. Right. It's exactly yeah. like that for us. And so it's like, oh, I kind of get this culture. That's That's kind of funny. And I could see it though. It was great for me to read that even before the first time I watched this movie because I was like, ooh, I bet that's where it is. And also we haven't really talked yet about how active every level- of every frame is. Yeah. I think yeah. there's kind of always this, you know, we've got the, which by the way, Florence Pugh was made to frown. Like she's got the best, yeah. like just straight down, like the, yep. like the, like a marionette. Um, a Muppet. Yeah. Or a marionette. Yeah. Uh, but then in the background, to just have like, You're exactly right. It's like beaker. Beaker. Yes. Yeah. To have like the, the, <laughs> the dances and stuff. We're yeah. just the weird, like yoga, yeah. wild yoga thing going on in the back. Like there's always, yeah. always something. Like when we have her birthday and he's has forgotten and he can't light this. I kind of wish that happened naturally and he was just improving through because it fit perfectly. Was it not? He couldn't it, light the it candle. It felt like it, the wind just really wouldn't let that candle light to me. And they just played with it. And then in the background, they're, they're, they're like celebrating the birth of the, there's like a child. There's like a baby yeah. infant in, in yeah. the arms of all these women. And it's kind of how... Uh, we're already getting hints as to what Danny is mm-hmm. about to, like what the climax of the film will be for her, as much as the grass growing in her hand. You know, right. Like you're becoming right. a part of this community. Yeah. How did, when when they sit down at food, and Christian's the only one with pink lemonade? Yeah, how did he not how know? Is he not was like, how is he not like, mine's red. Anybody else? Can I get a clean glass or like a fresh 
juice. Yeah. Because this is different. How is my dude not just, how is my dude not just like, I ate a pube. Can I have a different <laughs> meat pie? <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. <laughs> yeah. I had yeah. just heard it put so plainly into those words. Actually, that's not true. Will Poulter basically says that. Uh, Mark basically yeah. says that. Exactly. But Yeah. Oh, man. We're breaking a lot of ground on this episode of the podcast. Just saying a lot of stuff. First time we've ever said pube. Is it? I'm just I kidding. Mean, I'm just I can't kidding. imagine any other movie would have come up to be in. the only time we've ever said that. Word. Oh, gosh. Carter, the Goofy movie didn't make it on the main feed. <laughs> Carter, have you have you super dumped yet? No, I haven't super dumped yet, and it's because I'm trying to decide whether or not it's my my version of fair, okay, to 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 have Uh-oh. this super dump. But I, <sighs> it's tough for me to have like any movie only exist within the time frame of that movie. Like, I think world building is good in terms of thinking about like what is the effects after. Because if you want me to think about how does Danny live with this cult after that, to me, the smile that she has at the end, it means she, she's probably she's down. I think yeah. she's going to fully yeah, be there. Fully indoctrinated into that. And the, But then I, I caught myself being like, how, does, how do they get away with this? I want to at least see like who is the family member that is messing with the records for the police sake. or Because yeah. we did lose people what, permanently four, five civilians that were, that were that were in other communities yeah. yeah and for the sake of me uh twisted enough hoping that danny has a great rest of her life with that cult <laughs> uh part of that plays into that cult not getting caught which is yeah. so strange but it's like i that that's so that's my super dump i think it's probably not very fair i tend to do super dumps like this in movies that i like a yeah. lot and I'm just trying to find something. But I think they did such a good job. I think what makes it a super dump for me is Pele's role is super interesting. Yeah. That he is the collector. You know, yeah. and he is awarded for this. He's got talents. They're always alluding to, he, he knows people mm-hmm. well, right? He's a curator. As if he's going to the back of the, the grocery store at the meat market. He's like, they're going to love this, you know? And I, I think that's so fascinating. And so I needed a, just a little bit, a hint as to the role or is, does someone play the role of of covering that? And it could be like the guy at the dinner table who's like, oh, yes, I meant to tell you they were, uh, she, I came back and got her and took her to the train. So it's all well, they're back. Okay, you know, like the no guy problems. who's like trying to have that. Yeah, everything's okay. Um, so that was just kind of a little bit tough for me, but that's my super dumb. Um, the, the band on the cruise that we went on uh, was all Swedish dudes. And they would... Oh, how funny. They would uh, have everybody ABBA? raise their, they played a lot of, they played a lot of ABBA and they would have everybody raise their glass and go, school. And that was the first time we had heard that word. And then they said it again Ooh. in Midsummer. We were like, school. Yeah. Watching it. <laughs> Yay. It was great. Total throwback. Um, total throwback to like a month ago. I mean, we were younger. We didn't know wild any better. Um, it's time wild to rate this movie. Wild. Using the scientific cinema scale, which is flawless, perfect, and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy Buy that poster. poster. Next best thing is buy it. (laughs) Somebody was very late. Uh, After that is rent it. That's followed by stream it. And uh, then forget it. And last but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. 
God has forsaken us. I'll go first. I'm buying it. I'm buying Midsummer. It's, I don't want to watch it again. Uh, I feel the same way about this that I do about, um, I, I used the Manchester by the Sea connection last week as well, but like, great movie. Glad I saw it one time. Glad I can be a part of the discussion around it. I'm good. I don't want to watch it again, but it's really, really well done. And it's, it's worth it almost just for Florence alone. She's outstanding buying this movie. I'm also buying this movie. And Jordan, you took the words right out my mouth. It's very good. Very well done. And it's a one-time watch. Yeah, I'm all good. Boy. I'm all satiated. I've watched it twice. So sick and twisted. <laughs> and I think, I think I would watch it again. You're crazy, man. Ooh. Because it feels like, you know, if, if you're like the… I'm imagining I have like a Padawan who uh, I can recognize a little bit of the spark mm-hmm. that I have or good friends of mine on a podcast have for like a legitimate like love for movies as an art. This is, this is the inner sanctum. Like this is the, we'll watch all these things. And then it's like, okay, I think he's ready. I think let's, she's let's ready. Let's do Midsummer. Okay. I hear you. I like the way you think. Let's watch this. And I think for that reason, and because I did find myself liking this much more than Hereditary, which I bought, I'm going to buy the poster for Midsummer. Okay. Um, I think it is, it has some legitimate stay, staying power in like, like the, the zeitgeist. history of film. Yeah. yeah I think… I think for someone to so boldly tackle something as simple as why not a horror movie in the day. That's, we didn't even uh, yeah. barely discuss that. Is that. Cool. that is very cool. Yeah, and, and, and to just really kind of be like, well, no one else gets to do this. You know, I, I think yep. if you do, how do you do it? Yeah. How do you do it? So I, I don't know. I think, well, I think the fact that the, the Academy Museum that you're about to be at has a thing from this movie <laughs> yeah. that's only two, two years, years old. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, great point. Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. Wow. Midsummer. Um, the, our second Ari Aster movie of this series, which is wild. Next week, it, don't forget to check it out. Check it out. <laughs> uh, clowns are not my forte, but I, uh, I actually am excited to rewatch this. I think I've seen, this will be like, I think my third time to watch this. This will be number two for me. Yeah. Read, read the novel. Love it. I'm Jordan. I read the novel. I'm Jordan. The book is better. <laughs> it's like almost droopy. Dude, it's just what? <laughs> oh, bother. Uh, I love the book. I should have changed your bed. Here's, Ooh, here's Jordan. That's great. Every, every five minutes next week. Well, actually, in the novel, they do this, and that's just—it's much better. That's actually a pretty interesting good for them impression. to change the name from Nickel Smart to Pennywise. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nickel Smart. <laughs> okay, so it next week. Check it out. It's the third. The third highest, second place, third in the chronological order of our Chunktober 2 series. Thanks for voting. We love you. To end. Ooh, should we have called it Chunktober? It's fine. It's, it's fine. too late. That sounds like a potato. It does. It does. <laughs> to end. 
today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our names and uh, what sort of concept you could start a cult out in the middle of a valley uh, surrounding. Uh, for two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan, and I think my cult would be called, um, we'd just be the Hylians, and it would only, only people that like Zelda are welcome. Mm. So is it a club? No. Don't call it a club. It's okay. a cult. <laughs> We've got robes. <laughs> but we have to have electricity so we can play Zelda. <laughs> That's amazing. It's just at my house. It's not in a field. I'm Doge. And through almost a full decade of a careful combination of gaslighting, of groupthink, of doublespeak, uh, I plan on convincing a few close friends that their I mean, favorite thing to do is is talk about movies mm. with me. Uh, and then with our powers combined, we will then convince legions of folks we do not know via the internet that they like to listen to us talk about movies. <laughs> um, I think it could work. I it'll mean, never, I really it'll it never work. happen, man. That's far-fetched. Just come move into the you, move into the field to talk about Zelda with me. That's all we need. I'm Carter, and I think I can convince enough people that Voldemort's back. <laughs> Using your persuasive communication. Yeah, yeah, 100%. He's back. Let's get these tattoos. There's probably enough people that have that tattoo. Yeah. The Death Eater tattoo that it's just like, let's go. Let's just do there, it. There is enough people that are a hair's breadth away from already believing yeah. that. Yeah. That might be the easiest grift of all time. <laughs> And yeah, and so it's just a matter of tackling all the Harrys, just finding you all could, of them and just getting rid of them. You, we'll get, we'll bring all the Harrys together. And then you could bring them all to the valley where we talk about Zelda all the time. That's right. You know, it's Dang, dude. it's a funny joke, but that after about one week, we just evolve into a bunch of people sitting around and be like, do you guys like Majora's Mask? And everybody be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that Big was fan. Thing. Yeah, they'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.